Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. Where you go, Auburn fans? Welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson, and I'm also here with Ben King to talk about the Liberty Roll. No, I'm just kidding. It's just Liberty. Um, ben how are you doing man i am excited for our special guests so i'm doing great good and we've also got uh cj sweat from the virginia sports report cj how you doing i'm great how are you guys good wonderful awesome yep considering we're playing a team from virginia i thought it would be very (laughs) fitting to bring on somebody uh who still lives in virginia and uh is an avid virginia uh sports follower um but also just globally i mean he keeps track of a bunch of different teams cj tell us a little bit about the virginia sports report and uh what makes you so interested with uh all the sports that go on Sure. I appreciate uh, AJ, you and Ben having me on today. Um, so we uh, follow all of the Division One teams in the state of Virginia. So that's going to be FCS teams, your James Madison Dukes, uh, Richmond Spiders. We also follow the FBS teams, Virginia Tech, Old Dominion, UVA, oh, yeah. Liberty. Uh, keep up with all of those teams. Uh, follow them basketball, football. Uh, we've had coaches come on. We've had players come on. Um, we have lots of guests. It's a fun show, but really it's a, it's interesting because we're kind of able to take, you know, like Virginia Tech and JMU, like they played, you know, 10 years ago, but how do they, you know, how do their football teams compare this year? You know, where do they rank? So, you know, we're able to do a lot of different comparisons and different things like that to teams inside of the state. And so when you have kind of that FBS and FCS divider, it's kind of difficult of figure out, you know, where those teams lie. And that's really what we try to break down, you know, week to week and the different stories and things that come with that. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. People can find us on Facebook. We uh, live stream our show every Wednesday night at seven o'clock. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, um, Stitcher, just about anywhere you can find a podcast. We're out there. Yep. Yep. And And it's, it's very similar. If you've seen Kyle's Facebook live, so uh, do a recording, but um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I know you, is that the audio that you also put on podcasts that you use in the Facebook live? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you're, I mean, if you're listening on, if you watch on Facebook live, you're going to get the full audio that you'll get if you listen to it on Spotify. So, yeah. So that's, that's neat. Um, so if anybody wants to go follow them, highly suggest it because, uh, they, they give a good at, a perspective on what's going on in Virginia. Um, and it's a little bit different considering, uh, we're from the deep South and, uh, we're used to only sec, but there's definitely a lot more, um, going on in, in the world. Um, besides that. Yeah. Um, a, uh, uh, good podcast to start off with is going back to the old dominion game versus Virginia tech. That was a, that was a solid week there. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's weird. So two weeks before the season started, uh, we brought on a Virginia Tech guy um, uh, th- that I know quite well, and he does a good job with stuff. But both he and I were looking at that ODU game, and both of us were like, "That's a trap game for Virginia Tech traveling." Because <laughs> the game was at O Dominion. Which that was is, the craziest thing that I saw. That that's like the equivalent to you guys playing like at UAB. Yeah. Okay. Like if you guys <laughs> played at UB, UAB, okay. So imagine that, but also imagine like you know UAB is ranked this week. They just got cracked the top twenty-five. Old Dominion is awful. They've won two games or three games this year after this past week, and one of those was a home game against Virginia Tech. Um. So yeah, I mean it was just kind of wild, but we were able to kind of foreshadow that upset a couple weeks before it happened, which was pretty neat. So yeah, we've done a couple of cool things like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and at the time Virginia Tech was even ranked 13th. So it, it's it's like what the heck happened to the castrated turkeys right there? Oh, <laughs> great! It's been a bad season for them. It's it's not been pretty. Might <laughs> yeah, might not uh, make a bowl game this year. It was so they don't they won't play 12 games because of a hurricane drove out one drove out the game against East Carolina. So yep. they have to beat Miami this upcoming weekend, and they have to beat UVA next weekend if they want to get into a bowl. It's, it's an uphill battle. Wow. Uh, I'm going to be following those very closely because, uh, you know, after Beamer Bowl left uh, or Beamer Ball, whatever you want to call it, it's it's not been it's not been great. So I'm yeah. uh, I'm an and, and and the listeners may or may not know this. Grew up in Virginia, uh, right close to CJ. We, we can say it close. I know you live a little bit out, and uh, we're about 45 minutes away from Virginia Tech. So a a strong hatred from for my end developed for that team. So yeah, uh, I mean, I, I love tech fans, but they they can be a little a uh, little over the top, and they can get on your nerves a little bit if you're not used to them. So yeah, lived there in 2004, and I thought that would shut them up, but you know, they after getting blown out for the entire game, had somewhat of a comeback and still lost, and they thought they were all yeah. you know smelly <laughs> smelly good. So whatever. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But yeah, all right. See, CJ went to Liberty. Uh, yeah, he did. I did you yeah. were you were the bird? You were the bird hey, of the word. So you know, it's funny. My dad, when I was a kid, always told me. He said, "You know, you're going to run the football team out of the tunnel one day." And I'm like, "Sure, I'll you know I'll grow up to be like five and you know five foot five and weigh 130 pounds and somehow be big <laughs> enough to play football." So did not make the football team, but I was the mascot. So I did still put on a helmet and i did still run the team out of the tunnel so it's pretty great fulfilled <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> how many years were you the the bird uh, what is the name of the bird for liberty sparky his name's sparky um, okay and by the way so arizona state's mascot is also named sparky they stole that from liberty that is a 100 percent fact so if you see arizona state and you go their their mascot's named sparky they stole that from Liberty, so keep that in mind. It's but, pretty much um, like Clemson. Aren't they the Sun Devils? They, 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 yeah, they are. It, so why, the, why do they need to steal our mascot? That's dumb. It is. Yeah, dumb. really. <laughs> yeah, that's stupid. Um, CJ, what, what is your? Okay, so we're, we're we've got an outsider perspective, somebody that's not in the SEC. So I wanted yeah. to get your perspective on how Auburn season has been. Uh, because we're we're in the thick of things, sometimes it's hard to get take a deep breath and take a step back and see how did Auburn or how's Auburn season going so far. But I want to hear from you. What do you think Auburn season has been like this season? 
Well, the sky's not falling. Um, I, I know a lot of people are wanting to rush Malzahn out of town. And I got to tell you, you know, I, I've watched it. It's been up and down. Um, I, I would hold off on the fire on the get rid of Malzahn talk talk. Um, and here's, here's why. So I know it feels like a down season, but if you look at Tuberville, uh, Terry Bowden and Pat Dye, they had a combined average winning percentage of 70%. Okay. So where does Malzahn stack up with that? He's won approximately 66% of the game since he's been the Auburn head coach. Okay. Which is a 4% drop, but you also have to consider that Tuberville, Bowden and Pat Dye did not have to deal with Nick Saban next door to them. Okay. And they didn't have to deal with Kirby smart on the other side of things either. Kirby smart and Nick Saban have absolutely dominated the recruiting trail. And then you also have to consider the fact that recruiting across all of college football, the entire landscape has completely changed over the past decade. I don't think this is the time to completely um, blow everything up, start over, find a new coach and all of those things. But I'll tell you this, if Malzahn wants to figure out why is this team not being is not had as much success. It's because Malzahn has gotten away from what he does. Great. He wrote that book in 2003 called hurry up, no huddle, right? Basically telling all the high school coaches in the state of Arkansas, this is how you need to run football. And he was kind of one of the not inventors, but certainly one of the um, first promoters of the no huddle style of offense. But his unique spin on it was he was going to go heavy run, right? And so like last year, Auburn ran the ball 63% of the time. And the year before that, it was 71% of the time. And the year before that, it was 66% of the time. And if you go back to every year he's been at Auburn, it's been over 60%. Well, this year, it is near 50-50 run versus pass ratio. He has put the the entire offense, uh, given Jarrett Stidham a much heavier burden than I think Stidham should have been tasked with. Now, you could say, well, you know, what about Cam Martin being, you know, injured for part of the year? And, you know, Jartavius Whitlow really hasn't uh, played as we expect him to and all of those things. But at the same time, he's got to trust his own system and get back to doing what he does best rather than try and just let Stidham win games late for him because he gets away from the run way too quickly in the games. And then when you have a game against Georgia, which is kind of back and forth for the most part, and then you get away from what you're doing because you're nervous, that's when you're going to start losing games. So I don't think the sky is falling. I think Mozan's gotten a little bit frustrated is I think he came into the year with all of these high expectations. And, you know, you start out of the gate with that big win against Washington and things look great. And then, you know, you lose to LSU and the wheels kind of start falling off from there. I think he's got to get back to Malzahn football doing what he does really, really well. And I think things will be okay. I don't think this is the time to fire him, though. Um, I think his career at Auburn has been incredibly similar to previous coaches that have done well there. Pat Dye, uh, Tommy Tuberville, Terry Bowden. Um, so I think his overall track record speaks for himself. That said, I totally understand the frustration from Auburn fans because I think you're looking around to Alabama and you're like, well, they're going to be back in the championship again. And you look around to Clemson, who's kind of a rival on a, you know, but not on like a rivalry, rivalry name basis. And you look at Clemson and it's like, well, they're going to be back in the championship. And here we are, you know, odd man out yet again. 
And I think a lot of people want to point the finger to Gus Malzahn. But anyways, I know I'm getting a little long-winded here. I just think Wills haven't fallen off. I think if you're an Auburn fan, everything is okay right now, despite the down year. I mean, great analysis first. (laughs) Very interesting, uh, I guess, look at things because it's very true. So in our Georgia review, which we did earlier this week, we did say that Gus has gotten away from the hurry up, no huddle, but... I've been saying all year that he should be, you know, doing like a pass first, run second type deal just because we don't have the personnel there. Yeah. And it, do you think he has the ability to do that? Is that is that just out of his landscape? Is there no way to, you know, make adjustments? I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you want to if this, you know, this is the other thing, because it's very, you know, it's easy for us to sit here with microphones and with statistics and research and everything. But, you know, we're not down to the nitty gritty of the practice field. And, you know, this is where I think fans have a true disconnect from, you know, the real coaches is I don't really know what they're looking at day to day in, you know, in team meetings and in practices and what they're seeing. He could be seeing something with the offensive line. Um, that's just shifting his uh, ideology away from what he typically does this year. He could see something with the running backs he doesn't necessarily like. I don't really know what it is he's seeing in his in his offense that has made him have a change of, of style. I, so, I mean, I think it's a difficult question to answer. But, you know, that being said, I don't think you should fire him. But I think these are the type of questions that need to be raised of him when the season comes to an end because it's clearer – Auburn's gotten away from doing something that, you know, they've really established themselves as doing very well. I mean, if you go back to, you know, Cam Newton uh, in the year Auburn won the championship that year, yes, Cam played great, but that team was a great running football team. And then you go back to the year um, Nick Marshall was quarterback and they went to the championship that year. That was a heck of a running team. And the last year, you know, when you guys came so close, it was carry on Johnson and the rest of the running game. I don't know if just the absence of carry on has led to this um, discrepancy in the run game. But I think that right now is the biggest issue that Auburn has going on is they just can't run the ball like they normally can. Yeah. And they, if you look at what, what Auburn's run game has been this season, it's Bowie Whitlow and then random uh, spread sweep kind of stuff that we do with Schwartz or Shivers, our fast guys. And that's, pretty much it um we don't really have like that sec down back like you saw if you watch the georgia game both their running backs uh they were able to put some good yards on auburn and those are sec type running backs and maybe that's a question of where's where's the development where's the recruiting what what's going on here where we only have one guy and he's not even 100 percent, so we can't really put together a good running attack um and that's been pretty much this whole season um, we have wanted uh, Ben and I have both been pushing the season. Like we've wanted to be more of a pass team considering our wide receiver talent combined with Jarrett Stidham's throwing ability. But when you don't have the offensive line, it's hard to get the run game going and also give Jarrett Stidham the protection that he needs. Um, and the time that he needs in the pocket to pass the ball. And when he's not under pressure, I mean, last season he was the best quarterback in the sec, but when you look at him this year, when he's under pressure, it is very black and white how Stidham is performing. And that's that's the part where I'm just we, – we need something to fix. Something needs to be fixed, and it, there's so many things going, and there's so many things up in the air. We just don't know what to fix. 
Well, I, I tell you, the interesting thing about Stidham, and I, I like Stidham. I like a lot of what he does. I think his ability um, to move around the pocket and really create plays out of nothing is marvelous to watch. But he's actually regressed this year from what he did last year. Um, and that, to me, is a big concern. I mean, his quarterback rating is down drastically. It's down a full 10 points, which is a large number for it to come down. I've looked at a lot of draft boards. He's come down off of that. And then the games I've watched, my my biggest issue, and I don't know if it's him, I don't know if it's Miles, I don't know what it is, but it seems like he's gotten incredibly conservative. I mean, does it not feel like to you guys, when he's throwing the ball, it's a lot of check downs, it's a lot of crossing routes. I don't see him take many chances downfield. And I know he's only thrown four picks this year, but I think that's also brought down his yardage numbers, his touchdown numbers, and has really hurt the offense. Just the fact that they've gotten so conservative with it, even when they pass the ball, they're just wanting to go to quick screens and quick passes out in the flats that are more automatic than anything else. And I don't know if that's maybe played into it. I, yeah, I, very much. I think that's a big part of it. We run more screen passes than anyone else in the country. And it drives me nuts because I'd, I'd much rather take a slant over a screen any day. But it seems like, one, because of the lack of protection, Jarrett's constantly running. I feel like he drops back. He either drops back like seven steps and then looks and dumps it off in the screen. Or he automatically turns around and starts running. And he's not a mobile quarterback. You know, what you said, CJ, from you know last year where he was able to move around in the pocket. When he had a pocket to move around in, he was excellent. Yeah, I think a lot of this that we've seen this year is he's tried to be mobile in a system that really needs a mobile quarterback, and he just doesn't have that ability. Yeah, well, you know, I just to kind of give you a little bit of a comparison here, his first year in 2015, and he was he started off at Baylor, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, first year at Baylor, 2015, he had 109 pass attempts and threw 12 touchdowns and two picks. This year, he has 300 pass attempts. Three times as many pass attempts, 10 touchdowns, and four picks. So he's thrown three times the amount of passes this year, and has thrown fewer touchdowns, and he's thrown more picks. And in 2015, he threw for nearly 1,300 yards. This year, he's barely eclipsed 2,000. So when you look at those numbers, that tells you it's a lot of screen passes. It's a lot of short and easy completions. And I'm telling you, I think a lot of scouts are looking at this and he's going to fall down a lot of draft boards this, up, uh, this upcoming draft if he elects to come out. Um, th- that to me has been the wildest part. When you have a talent like Jarrett Stidham, you don't limit that ta- that talent. Even if the offensive line is bad, you've got to find ways to get your wide receivers into open field and you've got to find ways to really take chances downfield. And they just haven't done that this year. Yeah, and the, one of the things that we talked about on our Georgia podcast was we really didn't even throw the ball deep. And that was a staple of Augusta Malzahn offense. First down, we just got a first down. Let's pass it deep. See if we can get anything going. And we can we can catch those. Um, but, yeah, we, we're not really doing that. We're not playing into Jarrett's strengths. Um, and that's, that's play calling. That's uh, putting the guy in the right situation for him to succeed. And that's when – Jarrett's just not feeling comfortable with doing those kind of things. Um, and that's why part of the issue that we're struggling so much this season. Uh, let's transition a little bit into uh, the Liberty game. Uh, what do you, what do you think CJ? I want to hear your, your thoughts considering um, 
Liberty season this season. They're at four and five. Um, is there a chance? Is there a chance? <laughs> um, well, okay. So the, the college football lover in me and the person who, you know, sits down and analyzes college football, they, the answer is no, there's no chance. Liberty goes into Auburn and pulls off an upset. <laughs> okay. That said though, I would keep an eye on it for this reason only Liberty. If Liberty gets beat by 50 points, it literally does not matter. And Liberty's going to come out swinging. And the reason I know this is that I, they've just played UVA. Okay. And again, UVA right now has a legitimate chance to win the ACC coastal. UVA is going to a bowl game. They're sitting at seven and three. That's a good team. Liberty went into Charlottesville, competed with them for about three quarters. Okay. There's a moment in that game. Liberty is down seven. They've got the ball fourth and inches at their own 15 yard line. And they went for it. Okay. <laughs> And that's going to tell you everything about what you're going to see this upcoming weekend. They will hold absolutely nothing back. They're going to throw the ball. It's not going to be conservative. Defensively, I think you're going to see a lot of blitzes come out of this team. I mean, they're, they're going to come after you. So, you know, if Mazan approaches this with the we're going to play not to lose mentality or we're going to play not to get embarrassed mentality like he did against Jacksonville State a couple of years ago, that's where I think maybe this game gets a little bit interesting because Liberty's Liberty doesn't care. Okay. If they get blown out, so what they got blown out at Auburn, it doesn't matter. But if they go in there and, you know, they score 31 points, well, that, that's huge for them in this offense. So that's what I keep an eye on is Liberty's going to take chances. And I want to see how does Auburn respond to that? I mean, even when the Donald announced this back at convocation oh, years yeah. ago, he he was saying then that it was uh it was not going to be much of a matchup, but you know <laughs> this this uh this year with Auburn anything can happen. So uh, I don't know. Uh, Liberty beat Old Dominion to start the season. Old Dominion beat Virginia Tech. Uh, it's, it's weird things can be, happen, man. It could uh, be a very special game. I mean. ESPN does give you the chance of 2.5% that you'll actually win this game. Um, there, there's always a chance. I mean, considering our chances against Texas A&M a couple weeks ago, we had what we're going into the final quarter and we, we were down by 10 and I think Auburn had maybe less than a 10% chance of winning yeah. by down by two scores. And look what happened. We come back and we put two drives together. I mean, the reverse of that. You could have any chance in college football, and these 18 to 22-year-olds are going to make something special happen. Uh, CJ, what what are some of your players that, just so our Auburn listeners can li- uh, be watching out for them, um, let's start out with offense. Who, who should be watching uh, for Virginia or uh, Liberty? So there's really two players offensively to keep an eye on, and you're going to hear their names a lot. Um, Buckshot Calvert, uh, he's the quarterback, um, and wide receiver Antonio Gandy-Golden. Uh, Buckshot Calvert, um, and by the way, Buckshot is his middle name. That's what he goes by. So it's not, <laughs> That's even, awesome. it's not even a nickname. It's a real that sounds, thing. That sounds like a good Alabama middle name. <laughs> okay, yeah, well, he's, he is actually named after a NASCAR driver that his dad liked. So this is very Alabama-esque. Okay? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, so Buckshot Calvert, keep an eye on him. He throws a beautiful ball. He's not afraid to throw it downfield. Uh, he has thrown, I believe it's nine interceptions over the past three games. So he has thrown Ooh. several picks. Um, but he's got a heck of an arm. 
and he will he will throw receivers open. Antonio Gandy Golden is the best pro prospect on this Liberty team. A lot of people believe that when he graduates, he could come out and go fourth or fifth round in the NFL draft, potentially higher. Um, he's he looks a lot like Julio Jones in the way he plays. He'll have probably one or two catches this weekend uh, that'll make you hit the replay button. Um, he's an absolute monster. Uh, he's been double covered all year long. So don't even think, you know, SEC defensive backs are going to have his number. He, he, he'll know how to get by that. Um, those are the two offensive players I would say to keep your eye on defensively. Uh, the player to keep an eye on for me is Solomon Ajayi, who is the brother of, uh, Eagles running back Jay Ajayi. Um, oh, yeah. he is all over the field. He plays very much like Troy Palomalo. He's a junior at a Frisco, Texas. He has had six tackles in every single game he has played in this year. Um, he'll, he'll pressure the quarterback. He can force turnovers. He's had a force fumble and an interception on the year. So it, Liberty's defense has been absolutely abysmal all year long. In fact, if you are a balls on hater and you're looking for a reason to call the athletic director next week, if you don't score 35 points against Liberty this weekend, uh, you have the CJ approval to call the AD. <laughs> this defense ranks 118th in the country in points per Woo! game allowed, so they're bad. Wow. And they're terrible at defending the rush. They rank 120th in the country, allowing close to 240 yards per game. So you guys should have your way offensively with this team. But keep keep an eye on Solomon Ajayi. He's a fun player to watch, and uh, I'm sure he's going to get a couple of looks from pro squads too. That's awesome. Uh, any other special teams play, players that uh, you want to keep an eye or you want our listeners to keep an eye on? Um, honestly, special teams has been a little bit uh, a little bit weird for Liberty this year. They had their kicker go out earlier in the year. Um, so uh, Alex Probert has been kicking for them. He's not been incredibly uh, consistent. In fact, he missed a – Missed a really bad field goal this uh, past weekend. I was more of a chip shot than anything else, and it just wasn't even close. Um, so I, I don't really think there's a special teams threat that Liberty necessarily has. Uh, DJ Stubbs will be returning kicks and punts for this team. Um, he's quick. He's shifty. Um, and uh, he can get by some guys. But there's not really a, a threat there to me that, that I think you guys really have to worry about. All right, let's shift over to Auburn players to watch. Ben, uh, who's your Auburn player to watch on offense? Uh, man, I got to go with Seth Williams. He's been impressive all year long. Just a fantastic true freshman wide receiver coming out. And in, in this game, you know, I, I might should have picked running. But I uh, I just want to see Seth Williams catch a really, really deep pass and, and score some touchdowns. Yeah, he's been a guy that has gotten a handful of catches every single game um, and made some really great plays. Uh, but, yeah, he's a good guy to keep an eye on. Uh, I'm going to keep an eye on Sean Shivers uh, because I have a feeling uh, this is the kind of game that Sean Shivers could potentially get 100 yards um, if he's uh, put in there. And I, I'm kind of hoping we, we rest Booby so that he can uh, come to the Alabama game uh, as close to full health as possible. Um, but we need a, a running back that can uh, d just spark the offense. And what does Sean Shivers usually do? He sparks the offense. Uh, well, that actually brings up a point. If if this you know defense against the run is as bad as CJ's saying, Booby has almost 700 yards. If he does a 200-yard day, he could get close to the 1,000 mark. Yeah, and then he's still got Alabama – 
And uh, I mean, he can game. get, you know, 10 yards against Alabama and then whatever we get in the bowl game. So it'll be good. That's <laughs> true. Yeah, so, Sean Shivers might run for a hundred for a thousand yards a season at the end of this game. Okay, when, I, again, when I say this rushing defense is bad, they were the worst rushing defense in FCS last year. It's the same oh, team. Dang. Okay. <laughs> oh, dang. It's the same exact team. So, like, sh- sh- start Shivers. He'll pick up a good six, seven hundred yards this week, a hundred yards next week, and he's right there at a thousand. That's amazing, man. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say Seth Williams makes the only catch that we throw. <laughs> Y'all are gonna look a lot like Georgia Tech this week. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna some some special run plays. There you go, a bunch of them. Uh, ben, who's gonna be your defensive player for Auburn to watch? Uh, I'm gonna be watching Big Cat Bryant specifically for the reason that he got ejected last game for making a dumb penalty, <laughs> and I want to make sure that he keeps his head up. So uh, no more targeting. I'm, I'm hoping he <laughs> learned his lesson. And uh, I just want to see him, you know, rush the passer and keep his head up the whole game. Yeah. Uh, my player to watch is Noah Benogany. Uh He he seems to always get picked on. And he's been really resilient and able to keep his hands to himself, not cause any pass interferences. Um, and pretty recent history. Um, when he was getting picked on earlier this year, he was getting called for him like crazy. Um, and I hope that continues uh, this game, considering it sounds like Liberty will, they're not afraid to pass it deep, and uh, they'll probably pass it to their uh, their high gunning, fast wide receiver. Um, yeah, Buckshot so. the Gandy Golden all day. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm telling me that's the only thing they do. <laughs> that's that's amazing. Then so, we're definitely putting Iggy on. Yeah, that's going to be the Iggy connection there. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to be watching on defense. Well, I already said Iggy, but like, wh- who's going to be your guy, uh, Ben, for special teams for Auburn? Uh, I'm going with Sippus. Uh, one of the best punters that we've had in a long time. And I want him to keep it up. I don't know if we're actually going to need to punt in this game, but if we do, I want them to punt at 70 yards. If y'all punt this game, fire uh, fire Mel's on right then and there. (laughs) Yeah, that would. I mean, maybe. You know, when you start a game and you have two screens and then another screen or whatever we did a few weeks ago, it could still happen. Yeah, it it could. Don't don't question Auburn's offense sometimes. Um, yeah, I don't be watching because Anders made a field goal and he did good. It was a very makeable field goal, but I want to see, uh, how he does. Um, and maybe a, just a honorable mention. I want to watch Ryan Davis because he's, uh, he's, he's done some things on some returns that are kind of questionable. Keep an eye on him because he needs to be better than that. If Ryan Davis is on special teams, I'll be watching him too. Maybe more so to tell him to go be a quarterback. <laughs> Considering his QBR is like 600 right now. Yeah, and he's... One pass touchdown. He's muffed like half the punts he's tried to catch. He's, yeah, it's been he's our best wide receiver. Lot. He's fantastic. But for whatever reason, special teams has not been his forte this year. Mm-mm, has not been. Um, before we go, let's give our predictions of how the game is going to go. And CJ, we we do this based on we don't pick a specific score like thirty to twenty. We do it based on how many points is the team going to win by. Uh, CJ, okay. we'll start with you. How many points do you think uh, Liberty is going to beat Auburn? <laughs> 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 uh, 
Uh, I, I tell you this. So interesting stat. Liberty is 1-0 and against teams from the state of Alabama this year. They beat Troy earlier in the year 22-16. to so, that, that that scared me. When I saw that side, I was like, oh, crap. Yeah, Troy We're is the trouble. only team, aside from Old Dominion, to score fewer than 30 points against Liberty this year. Um, actually, sorry. Uh, yeah, fewer than 30 points. Um, o- Old Dominion uh, is the only other team to not do that. Um, and UMass scored 62 in this team a couple of weeks ago. So, like, seriously, if you guys can't move the ball, you've got other issues. Um, I'm going to go Auburn. And I think we'll probably get a fairly close game in the first quarter and a half here. And then halftime, it's probably going to feel a little uncomfortable, but you guys will run away with it in the third quarter. So I'd say Auburn wins it here by 24. All right, no. Ben, let's hear what do you think the score is going to be and, and how how much Auburn's going to win by? Uh, CJ, what do you think Liberty's going to score as far as points in this game? I'd be a little bit shocked if they scored fewer than – uh, 17. I, I think they're going to score right at 20 points. Really? Yeah. Well, in most games this season, we haven't been able to score more than 21. We've had two games that have been, you know, decent wins. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting because usually I'd say, we, you know, we just obliterate this team. But I don't know. <laughs> That's the kind of offense that I feel like we have this year. I'm going to yeah. say we win by three touchdowns, 21 points. Okay. I mean, I can see that. Um, and the spread this, this week is uh, 28 points. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Um, I mean, if we do, if, if what CJ is thinking that you, they're going to score a bunch of uh, at least a few touchdowns, uh, then Auburn's going to have to really do something special here. Um, and I have a feeling we're going to be using, because why not? Why don't we use somebody like Malik Willis in there at quarterback? Um, just throw throw some little chinks and see what see what we can do with the tweaking of the offense. It probably won't, but I would <laughs> love to see it. I'd love to see it too. Why not? Uh, because at this point, I mean, we know what we got with Stidham, and I mean, why not? Uh, it's kind of like a just see what he can do. Um, I mean, if we go at least two or three touchdowns, why don't we throw somebody in like that? I don't know. Just just a thought. Um, I'm gonna say that we win by uh. 25 points um because i i just have a feeling that we're gonna do something uh, and just have some offense going i mean considering we can hopefully run the ball um on liberty and that once we get the run game going i mean that really opens up our pass game um so we'll see how how we do uh cj before we go uh do you want to let the people know how they can get in contact with you sure yeah absolutely uh, by the way if you're a betting man on this game pay attention to the backdoor cover uh, 28 points seems pretty juicy if you're an Auburn fan. Um, but once Auburn gets up by that much, I don't see them really piling it on here. And Gill has actually done a very good job whenever he's been favored to lose by anything um, more than 20 points. So if you're going to bet this game, keep an eye on the backdoor cover there. Uh, if you want to follow us, you can go to facebook.com slash Virginia Sports Report. We've also got a website, virginiasportsreport.com. And like I said earlier, we're all over Spotify iTunes, um, Stitcher, uh, just about anywhere you can find a podcast. You can find us We're on Twitter, twitter.com slash VA sports report, constantly putting stuff up there. So that's how you, that's how you can get a hold of us. All right. And Ben, where can uh, the listeners get a hold of you? You can find me anywhere on social media at B E N K one N G and a special weekend on captain Plainsman on Twitter, as I'm going to be at the game, 
hopefully seeing Auburn's probably last one of the season, but, you know, could be second to last. Who knows? Uh, we're going to get to roll tumors. I'm going there with my whole family, and my sister also went to Liberty, so she'll be rocking her uh, Liberty gear, and it'll be a good old time with some live picks on Captain Plainsman on Twitter. Nice. How much are y'all paying her to go to the game, Ben? Getting uh, Sylvie at a football. Gosh. No, I know. it's So we go every year for my mom's birthday in September, but this year my grandparents were out and uh, they were on a cruise because that's what you do when you get that age. So uh, yeah. So now we're going for my grandmother's birthday. So oh, okay. <laughs> that's there why she's go. coming down. <laughs> okay. Nice. Yep. It, it's a, that's awesome. It's always, you know, Auburn is family to me. And that's, like, the whole reason I, I went to games, you know, growing up, uh, living in Virginia and traveling 10 hours down and 10 hours back in a weekend. So, uh, yeah, that, that was quite a quite a trek. I know it's it's rough, but it's it's always good. <laughs> Dedication. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. And you can find me on Twitter at A-J-Y, J-A-Y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. War Eagle. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?